Busy Birds. Welcome to another episode of Mama Earth Talk. I'm your host, Maris Ganal. Realizing just how much waste we generate on a daily basis, I've set a personal goal not only to reduce, reuse, and recycle, but to also educate the world about sustainability and how each of us can help preserve our beautiful planet. Thanks for listening. Let's dig in. Did you know that 500 million straws are used in the US daily? Our guest today is the director of digital strategy at Lonely Whale and the program manager of the Ocean Heroes Bootcamp. She is currently leading their online content and strategy that includes spreading Lonely Whale's Stop Sucking social media challenge. She's previously worked in startup space as a digital and social expert within tech and entertainment. Crazy birds. Without any further ado, I would like to welcome Emmy Kane. Thank you. It's so lovely to be here with you and and with all the crazy birds. You're most welcome. So, Emmy, how did your sustainable journey actually start? That's a good question. And, and it's a difficult one to I think I've always been really interested in sustainability. I was lucky enough to have a grandmother who lived in Rhode Island, actually where I'm speaking from right now. And so every summer as a child, I would I would come and spend the summers by the sea out here with her. And so I always had a, a fond, you know, connection and an understanding of, of nature and just how precious it is. My grandmother was always very careful with what what she would purchase and how she would keep hold of things, you know. So I think that was always really instilled in me. And then when I went to France and, and lived there for some time while I was studying in college, I think that's really when it hit me just how different cultures can practice sustainability in, in a daily life that that wasn't necessarily a massive shift in your behavior, but, but some, you know, small tweaks, you know, how do you make your own food from scraps or how do you even make something that would otherwise come out of a plastic bottle with your own ingredients in your kitchen? So I think there's, it's kind of always been something again, very lucky that I've, that I've been exposed to and it just started all to compile. Oh, wow. What a journey. And I mean, totally agree with you on those items. I mean, I've been starting to make a lot of stuff like even mayonnaise and ketchup from home and it just tastes so much better. So much better. Homemade mayonnaise is a game changer. That's for sure. I'll try and link up a recipe as well here for our crazy birds so they can try it at home. But Emmy, you work with an amazing organization and I was lucky enough to actually meet you and Adrian in New York a few years back. Can't believe how time flies. How did your journey actually start with Lonely Whale? Yeah, and what a fun day that was. We got <laughs> a very trashy day. One, <laughs> one of my favorite places in all of New York City, the recycling facility. But my journey with Lonely Well actually started with my work with Adrian, actually. So Adrian Grenier is one of our co-founders. And before joining the Lonely Well team full-time, I was I was working on his personal team across many of the different projects that he had running social and, and digital aspects of those projects. And of course, you know, as I as I mentioned earlier, my my heart has always been drawn to the ocean and always had an incredible passion for it. So it was quite happenstance to be able to apply my skills that I 
had been leveraging across um, tech startups and again within the entertainment space through my work with with Adrian as well to to support the cultivation of communities that all have a shared vision of what a, a future with clean oceans could look like and and all the rest. So that was really how I got started. Oh, and I mean, the Lonely Whale is just like the work that you guys have been doing over the last few years has really been game changing. Like one of the campaigns that you guys, how I started to hear from you guys was uh, the Stop Sucking campaign. And that had such a ripple effect. And that could have been felt in so many different countries around the world where people actually started banning the straw, where people started fighting against using single-use plastic straws. But why was that actually important for you guys to start with a straw? That was about four years ago, almost at this point, when we first conceptualized the campaign and at that time, it was it was a totally different conversation than what we see today in, in the media, both national, international, and local news around plastic pollution. There really wasn't a conversation at all. And so for us, you know, we were looking at these overwhelming statistics of 8 to 12 million metric tons of plastic entering the ocean every single year. How do you get the everyday person you know, regardless of their their interest in the ocean or ability to to feel like they can have an impact, to actually start to care. And so the one thing that kept rising to the top and, and really through, it was again through kind of Adrian's brilliance, it was the plastic straw. It was something that connected everyone from coast to coast, country to country. It's this somewhat innocuous single-use plastic item that we all understand and, and we all come into contact with and that many people do have an ability to say, you know, I actually don't, I don't need this. I don't need the single use plastic item. And so it was a, a gateway plastic, so to speak, for us to start a spark this conversation around the broader issue of plastic pollution in the ocean and to really start uh, a groundswell of not only awareness, but also action, to, you know, to, to start to mitigate some of that single use plastic, whether it's in a restaurant, it's in a school or even in a corporate office setting. Yeah, and I mean, that had such a massive impact. I mean, since joining the Stop Sucking campaign, I have found it so hard, actually not, like everywhere I go, I just notice straws, like <laughs> I'm a straw <laughs> magnet, I can't not see straws. And this had made me think back why I haven't seen straws previously as much, you know, so it's pretty much everywhere I see, I just hate straws now. And if I see a straw on the ground, I pick it up and I'm like, I don't want to have this end up in a turtle's nose. And I've actually been known to stuck up the straw in my own nose if I ask a restaurant that I don't want to receive a straw and I get one, then it just goes up my nose. And I'm like, at least this is not going into a turtle's nose. So, you know, maybe next time think about the turtles. So <laughs> trying to spread a message. <laughs> oh, that's great. But yeah, what kind of feedback have you guys received with this campaign so far? It's interesting. I will say one one really important thing, and again, it ties, you know, it, it does tie back to Lonely Well's mission, which is it's all about, again, kind of cultivating communities around the health and wellness of 
of the ocean overall. But one really important piece that is critical for, for, I think, for everyone to know, especially for your listeners, for your crazy birds too, is that plastic straws are very important for some of those neighbors and friends and loved ones in our communities that have disabilities. And so making sure that plastic straws are still available for those that, that do need them to you know, live life to the fullest as everyone deserves the full right to do is really important. So I always like to to say that as well. And in addition to, you know, being able to leverage the straw as a baton for ocean health, but also keeping in mind that that community should be at the center and and compassion as well and, and really understanding kind of everyone's situation. Outside of that, though, I think one piece of feedback has just been what can I do next? Looking at the plastic straw and having taken an action, whether it's removing plastic straws altogether or changing out for an alternative like metal or, or glass or bamboo, people then will come to us and say, what can I do next? What about this plastic cup? What about this plastic lid? Or what about those plastic water bottles? And so that's really exciting. And, and for us, you know, the exact kind of response that we were hoping to, to earn with this campaign, which is igniting a spark of interest and passion, and then allowing, you know, people around the world to start to follow that path forward to a broader single-use plastic-free lifestyle. What a journey just to start with something and just to make people aware. And I mean, you guys have created some Great awareness. I mean, Seattle became the first city in the U.S. to actually ditch the single-use plastic straws. And you guys had a great impact on that with the Strawless in Seattle movement. How did that actually start? Yes, yeah, so the, the Strawless in Seattle campaign was um, was a key moment in our, in our overall campaign tied to straws. And so for us, we felt it was really important to show to the world that there really could be a city that that didn't rely on single-use plastic straws, kind of as a, a proof point, so to speak, for this campaign concept that, that we had. After we launched our digital campaign, we started to, to galvanize supporters on the ground in Seattle. We had over 100 different restaurants join us, and we had the first ever NFL and MLS and MLB stadiums all also pledged to remove the single-use plastic straw just, just for one month, not necessarily committing for any longer, though we knew that once they had committed and once they had made this announcement, it was likely not something that they would go back on. So it was kind of our way to, to, to subtly nudge them in, in the right direction. And then we celebrated that. So we brought together all of the key stakeholders for a press conference. And during that press conference, the city of Seattle announced that because of this action led by the business community, that they would lift an exemption on a pre-existing law to ban single-use plastic straws and non-compostable uh, cutlery, which was amazing. Jeez, what, a, what an awesome outcome. And I mean, since then, there was quite a few cities that actually joined as well. Could you tell our crazy birds which other cities actually joined the ban? Oh my goodness, so many. It's been incredible. And so many are also still in, in progress. So New York City, where I live, they introduced policy to restrict the use of single-use plastic straws, again, keeping in mind those with disabilities to ensure that they have access to plastic straws as, as needed. Jamaica banned plastic straws, city of Miami Beach, the city of Malibu, and all around the world, including, of course, the watershed legislation across the EU, where many different single-use plastic items, including straws, are set to be banned as well. 
Wow. Well, that is amazing news. And it's not just the straws like you mentioned that you guys have taken on. You also work together with a lot of other initiatives. And one of that initiatives is Next Wave, which I would love to share with our crazy birds as well. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So Next Wave Plastics is is one of our core programs at Lonely Whale. It is now a a three-year-old program. And the whole concept is bringing together global corporations to create the first ever network of supply chains for ocean-bound plastic. So what that means is that multinational companies are sitting together at the table and looking critically across all of their supply chains and reimagining what they could look like if they were to incorporate ocean-bound plastic, so plastic that would otherwise end up into the ocean, in place of virgin plastics. So this is the reinvention of, of design almost in a sense and, and really thinking thoughtfully about what does a circular economy look like? How, how can we design for true circularity? And how do we really solve the problems of, of today? Definitely. And I feel a lot of people are very keen to recycle. But when we look at purchasing products, we need to look at the whole, like, you know, you said the circular economy and look out for products that, you know, instead of buying stuff that's made from virgin materials and virgin oils like plastics, you know, get something that's made from these ocean-bound plastics and try and give these items a second chance in life, I would say. And it's really amazing that you guys have gotten some big corporations backing you with this and taking the lead in this, I might say. And it's, yeah, it's just phenomenal. Yeah, it's, it's so exciting. And again, it's it's really critical when we think about scaling up solutions for the plastic pollution problem and how multidisciplinary it really needs to be. Like we truly live and breathe the statement of radical collaboration at Lonely Well. And, and it's so important that a multitude of stakeholders are all working together in, in true collaboration to really solve for this, this crisis that we're facing. Something like that I saw in one of the videos as well is where you guys actually, you've got like some of these competitors sitting in the same room trying to figure out how they can use these plastics better and how they can make their products better by using new technology. And I mean, some of the amazing brands that you guys are working with is like Dell and Ikea and General Motors and geez, there's so many. So how did all of them actually come on board with this project as well? So Lonely Whale acts as the convener of Next Wave Plastics. And so our role in this program is really to seek out corporations that are already quite sustainable and already on a a long-term path towards sustainability. And that would be, again, like true collaborating partners within this program. Oftentimes, it's it's our team reaching out to different corporations, and other times it's corporations reaching out to us and and asking either can we join or or how can we continue d- down this road of reducing our plastic supply chain or or all the rest. Yeah, and I mean, if if anyone wants to help with their sustainable journey and they need to purchase products that these companies would typically make, maybe it's worth checking them out and actually supporting companies that's, you know, willing to go the extra mile to support the environment as well. 
Yeah, most certainly. And I and I think another thing to me that is so inspiring about next wave plastics is that it also demonstrates the power of the intrapreneur. So how do you, as someone at a company, regardless of what company, you know, what the company's mission is, you could work in entertainment, you could work in consumer packaged goods, you could work in a company that's more environmentally focused perhaps, but how do you as an individual take your own passion for conservation and sustainability and actually push that forward within your company? How can you make the changes that can have an impact today or next year so that we're really all working together and, and collaboratively across different industries to really support, you know, the sustainable development goals and our vision of a, of a future with clean seas? Well, I'm really looking forward to see what the future holds for Next Wave and all of this amazing project. So I'm going to keep an eye on that. And I hope our crazy birds do too. But you guys, so geez, I mean, we can probably sit here and talk for hours on everything that Lonely Whale's <laughs> been involved in. But as I'm like proper into art and love artwork, you guys organize the Museum of Plastics. I unfortunately did not see it in person, but I saw heaps of photos. And so that was in New York and you also had an exhibit in Miami. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So the Museum of Plastic was our tentpole moment in our Question How You Hydrate campaign, which we launched in June of 2019. So it was our, our second big impact campaign after Plastic Straws. This campaign, Question How You Hydrate, was focused on single-use plastic water bottles. So single-use plastic water bottles, interestingly enough, really only gained popularity in, in the 90s, which to me was just shocking because my entire life I've I've just been very accustomed to seeing single-use plastic water bottles. It is it is the norm, right, for drinking water. And so for us, it was this society shift that we were hoping to make with this campaign to kind of wake up consumers around the world to the fact that this is a new invention, that that single-use plastic water bottles really have only been around for um, 30 years or so, kind of in the mass market. How do you start to change those behaviors and think thoughtfully about alternatives to those single-use plastic water bottles? So we first launched, similarly to, to how we did with Stop Sucking and the Strawless Ocean campaign, we launched an online campaign where we had what we called a plastic service announcement instead of a public service announcement, <laughs> kind of a tongue-in-cheek little nod to the, to the standard PSA. And then we opened the Museum of Plastic in New York City during World Oceans Week. And the Museum of Plastic is a space where you can understand the issue of plastic water bottles how many are used around the world every minute, every hour, what that actually does to the environment, how plastics impact corals, how plastics are are building up on the coastal communities around the world, but also to see alternatives in a really beautiful way and, and to see art and the environment again in a way that just it pulls on your on your heartstrings and it really reminds you of the importance of protecting the ocean that that brings us all together and of course that that sustains all of our lives. So yeah, it was an incredible week-long pop-up experience in New York City and and as you mentioned we were lucky enough to also take take the Museum of Plastic to Miami for a weekend during Art Basel. That's just a way to educate people and I feel that is so important because people can't change what they don't know. We've probably been talking for about 20 minutes already. 
if you just think, you know, every single minute there's like 1 million plastic bottles that get sold, that's about 20 million bottles in the last 20 mm-hmm. minutes. It just blows my mind to think that such a small percentage of them will actually get recycled. And what happens to the rest? It just clogs up our environment and it clogs up our systems. And the companies that make them doesn't always take all the responsibility. So I just always feel so frustrated. So when I saw that campaign came out, I was amazed and I just felt it was such a wonderful opportunity for people to find new ways to hydrate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fun one. And it's, it is fun because there are so many different options for people to, to reach for something else instead of a single use plastic bottle. Definitely. So again, it comes down to kind of the education part. Like in episode 73, we actually spoke to Lisa Carter-Jones from the Captain Planet Foundation. Amazing. (laughs) And we spoke about the Ocean Heroes boot camp. And if any of our crazy birds actually want to hear that, that was such a great episode. But you are actually the program manager of the Ocean Heroes boot camp. So what are some of the key things that you are looking for to include in the program each year? Yeah, so the, the Ocean Heroes Bootcamp is is such an awesome program. And I'm so excited that you already interviewed Lisa, who is the CEO and president at Captain Planet Foundation. So just as some history, so, so Ocean Heroes Bootcamp was a program that that Lonely Whale really co, co-created and conceived alongside Captain Planet Foundation, and then also had some key support from our founding partner, Point Break Foundation. So again, a, a really collaborative program. And what we really found to be missing from the educational space was these critical campaigning skills. So how do you how do you both educate the next generation, but also empower them to take action into their own hands, which as we're seeing with the, the global youth climate strikes, is something that of course they're they're A, they're ready for these amazing and, and intelligent and engaged youth, but also we need to hear their voices. You know, they they've got so many answers and they they see the world in, in such a different way. And so for us it was really all about kind of reconceptualizing how do we share the the science of plastic pollution? How do we, you know, provide, you know, some basic ocean literacy, but, but importantly, how do you empower the next generation to actually create campaigns that measurably reduce plastic pollution within their own communities around the world? And how do you start to build up a network of these ocean heroes that can support one another? So kind of allowing the adults to get out of the way and have these amazing youth be able to act as as peer-to-peer leaders and mentors to one another, sharing their experiences, their successes, and really creating this groundswell of momentum. Well, and you guys have really, I mean, the stories that I've heard, you know, from some of the kids that was at the camp and what they were doing afterwards. And, you know, there was one girl that like, just like saved how many millions of straws just by getting her school and then to get on board, not to use single use plastic straws. And then just took it to the neighboring schools and to think that just one girl is making such an impact and you guys have equipped so many ocean heroes on these boot camps. Uh, So thank you for all the work that you guys are doing with that. It's really making a difference. 
Oh, well, the credit is all due to the ocean heroes, I should say. (laughs) But thank you. Well, hopefully some of our crazy birds can join you guys on one of the camps, hopefully in the future. But you guys have really done so much. I mean, literally, like I said, you know, we can sit here for hours and talk about everything. And I'm always so excited to see that you guys are just growing from strength to strength. And if there's any of our crazy birds that actually want to get more involved with the lonely whale, how can they do that? Yeah, so I would say definitely join our virtual community. So follow us on social media at Lonely Whale, sign up for our newsletters and start a conversation. And, you know, I think that the biggest way to get involved again is kind of going back to that comment I made about entrepreneurship. So how do you take your love for the ocean and your your knowledge for the issues that it, that's facing the ocean right now and apply them to your own community and, and really start to almost build your own mini pod squad, as we like to call it, of others that are that are also committed to carrying out sustainable actions, whether it's in your own personal life or again within within your workplace. So I think that that to me is always my my big request and and suggestion for those that are looking to get involved. Cool. Well definitely hope many more crazy birds get more involved with Lonely Whale as well. Emmy, what has been one of your most important decisions that you've made around Mama Earth? Goodness, I think I think the most important decision that I've made around Mama Earth is is to commit fully to showing up every day to act as sustainably as I can in any given situation. And I say that because I'm definitely, I'm not perfect. I don't live a 100% single-use plastic-free lifestyle. I think I have just one friend in my own circle of, again, like-minded ocean lovers and, and those that work in sustainability that truly does. Her name is Lauren Singer, and, and I'm sure a lot of your crazy birds know her. She goes by Trashes for Tossers on Instagram. And I admire her so, so much for, for her ability to show up every single day and to live a truly single-use, plastic-free lifestyle. And I don't, but I, I show up every day and I do the best that I can. And I'm aware of, of all of the choices that I make. And I think that awareness of those choices and why I'm making them to me has been the biggest mindset shift and probably one of the most important things that, that I've done for myself and, and for the environment overall. Wow, well, what an important decision. That awareness is really, really critical. We can all only do the best as we can. There's no point in wanting to do everything right, but if you can do whatever it is you can, even make a small difference, that really, really makes a difference. And it just spreads a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. I think oftentimes seeking out perfection can be really paralyzing to, to a lot of people, especially when you're first getting started on your sustainability journey. So so starting with whatever it is that you know you have power over to shift in your daily life is is so important and, and it is empowering. So now we're going to move into our final five. So the first one is, what is one social media account or publication that you follow? So one of my favorite social accounts to follow is uh, Dr. Ayana Elizabeth Johnson. She's a marine biologist and a writer. She's also based in Brooklyn, like myself. She's funny. She adds, you know, some humor to, to policy around critical issues in the ocean space. So, so definitely check, check her out. She's Ayana Eliza on Instagram. Cool. And what is your hope for Mama Earth going forward? 
goodness, I think right now with the crisis that we're in with with COVID-19, my hope is that we can use all of this community building, community awareness and compassion that we have in this moment and start to apply that to the climate crisis. And what advice can you give our crazy birds this week to help out Mama Earth? I would suggest again, and I probably sound like a broken record, but starting small, whatever it is that you know is a single use plastic that just is in your life and that you want to nix it, nix it. Whether that's single use plastic bags, maybe opt for a stasher bag instead, a reusable silicone bag. Or if it's using a reusable, reach for a reusable instead of that single use plastic water bottle. But whatever it is that you know you can commit to, commit to it. And what is one sustainability fact that you like to use in a room with people not yet on a sustainable journey? I often like to talk about packaging facts, which might sound kind of weird and silly, but again, when when you're not aware of of what the products that you purchase are, are coming in, I think that often incites some curiosity. So one fact that I love is that 80% of all aluminum ever produced is still in circulation today. Wow. And that includes those little beautiful Hershey wrappers that we actually learned can be recycled at the recycling facility. Yes. So please put all of those in the recycling bin because those magnets at the, the MRFs, they can pick them up. And where can people actually find you? So you can find me at my, my personal Instagram, Emerson Kane. Or if you'd like to to talk more sustainability and and ocean stuff, please follow me at Lonely Whale. I'm there to answer questions. Awesome. Well, we're definitely going to link that all up for our crazy birds in our show notes. Emmy, thank you so much for all the work that you guys are doing. I cannot stress this enough how important it is. And your team is like some amazing individuals. And I just love the work that you guys are doing. Yeah, just keep it up. And thank you so much for being on the podcast. Well, thank you. And and again, all the work that we do at Lonely Well wouldn't be possible without collaborators and a, and a global community. So thanks to everyone who's listening and everyone who shows up every single day for Mama Earth. Ooh, well, thank you so much. And I think that is a wrap. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. You can find the show notes for this episode at mamaearthtalk.com. Follow at Design by Mariska on Instagram or email hello at mamaearthtalk.com. And let me know if there's a topic you'd like me to talk about. I love hearing from all you crazy birds. New episodes are uploaded every Monday. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything. Mama Earth has a voice and it's us crazy birds.